Jesus Christ said to me, Virginia, I am the truth. You have been looking in the wrong places. And Christ came alive to me. I realized He's the truth. I accepted Him that day as my Lord and Savior. Virginia Prodan was a human rights attorney behind the Iron Curtain in Romania when she discovered the truth she'd been searching for, Jesus Christ. You're going to hear her incredible, inspiring story on today's episode of Focus on the Family with Jim Daly, and I'm John Fuller. John, I had a very enjoyable conversation with Virginia. Uh, She is fearless when it comes to sharing her faith, which is one of the reasons I wanted to talk with her. She's such a uh, wonderful example of how to be bold. She was kidnapped, interrogated, and beaten uh, when she was in Romania under Ceausescu, the uh, dictator at the time. And I know Every one of us is going to be inspired and encouraged by her amazing story. I can't wait to get to it. And you're going to want to read the entire story of Virginia's life and uh, her incredible account. Uh, The book is called Saving My Assassin, and we have details about that in the program notes or give us a call. And Virginia is now in the U.S. working as an allied attorney for Alliance Defending Freedom. She's a writer, a speaker, and a podcaster, and she has three adult children. And here's the conversation Jim had with Virginia Pradhan on Focus on the Family. Virginia, it's great to have you here on Focus on the Family. Jim, thank you so very much for the opportunity to be here and share with others a wonderful story that God wrote in my life and the fact that God wants to write their own story if they will allow God to write his story in their life and their life will be changed forever. Virginia, I'm really excited to talk to you because you've seen so much in your lifetime. It's it's both a wonderful experience, but also a difficult one. And I think for the listeners, that's where we're going to have to kind of start, is going back to you growing up in Romania behind what was then known as the Iron Curtain. And uh, man, it hasn't been an easy life, but it's been a spirit-filled, Lord-directed life. And that's why I'm so excited to talk to you. Most of us won't be able to relate to some of your experiences, Uh, But describe your environment as a little girl growing up in Romania. The earliest thing that I remember as a six-year-old child was the fact that my parents were politically correct outside of the home. But I heard them also inside of our home whispering how horrible the government was and how the government will ask them to give more rights. As a young kid... I develop an insecurity watching my parents. I realize I don't belong to anyone. Nobody's going to protect me. But also I notice a fire building in my life, a fire of and a desire to find out the truth and to find out why adults around me know the truth, but they don't want to speak for the truth. And I was privileged to have in my family lots of lawyers. And when we... That's not normally said about lawyers, that it was <laughs> yes. a privilege. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but it's right. true, though. Yes, because when we had family reunions, I noticed as a young kid that our relatives would group around them hmm. and ask questions. And to me, it looks like they have answers. And all of a sudden, I put the dots together and I thought, 
they know the answer, but they don't want to speak. So I have to go to law school in order to know the truth and somehow I will speak up for the truth. Um, for you personally, in terms of your ability to worship or to read the Bible, how was it restricted um, as you became more of a follower of Christ? I mean, how did they, how did they begin to notice, are you reading the Bible? And, and how was that received by your government? The way a socialist government works is uh, is on lies and presented half of the truth that will benefit them. At that time, many people did not know that uh, we receive from United States of America the most favored nation status. Uh, that was coupled, uh, the most favored national strategy gave Romania lots of economical benefits, but also was coupled with respecting human and religious rights. Mm -hmm. The right of foreigners to come to Romania and share the gospel and give us the, the Bible because the Bible was not published in Romania. So... We had the right to have the Bible, but the government never published those law. And many times when they found out a Bible in our home or people transporting the Bible, they would arrest people. So that's when the Lord asked me to, I became a Christian and um, I started to defend Christians. That's what, what I did. Yeah. And that's the way the government works. But the, the issue there, I mean, you're highly restricted. You've got to be watching all the time if you're reading the Bible or saying a prayer. If you're saying <laughs> that around other people, then you've got to really know the people around you that you're not going to be turned in, right? Yes, exactly. And even in our church, we do did not know if we were by a brother in Christ or a spy. Right. But let me tell you something. I always said, okay, my life is in God's hands. If a spy is by me, God knows is there so he can hear the gospel. So somehow <laughs> the Holy Spirit trains you and gives you the courage that you need. And you also understand that there is a responsibility. You are there for God's purpose. And God is, is whispering through the Holy Spirit what you need to do, encourages you, and you are doing. The last thing that I want your audience to know about me or to think about me is to think that I'm a hero. No. I am a tool in God's hands. I'm under five feet tall. I, <laughs> there is a huge God inside of me. No, don't, don't worry about my size because God is huge inside of me. In Romania, I was 82 pounds. Well, I live in America. I can't be 82 now. And I was a woman. In socialism, a woman is nobody, not nothing. Huh. Oh, think of all those contradictions that you're talking about, about here. Think about right now in America and the sport, what the sport yeah. is doing. If you don't believe me, think twice. Well, we're. I want to do all the application to America after we really understand your story. Okay. And that okay. I think we can roll that into everything. There's so many applications uh, here mm -hmm. in the U.S. And in the book, you talked about the child, your childhood being rough with your parents, and mm -hmm. eventually they I mean, were they, not. They were not even my parents. They weren't your parents, and that's where Aunt Cassandra comes in. Describe that story. Um. It's a painful story because for years I didn't know who I was. I was told 
at the place where I live until I was maybe 17 and a half and I went to law school. I was told that I don't belong, that I was there to be a servant. They treated you differently. Yes. Yeah. And I you was, thought they were your mom and dad, though, correct? Yes, yeah. but, but they were telling me uh, that if someone will come to look for a child, I will be... Um, offer for adoption. I was never taken with them at vacation or other places. They had two other children. Yes. And they treated them differently. Exactly, exactly. But somehow it was painful to me and I wanted to know who I was. And I had the opportunity to be with what they call my aunt, uh, Cassandra. But the minute that I met her in Bucharest at um, train station, I was shocked. She had uh, red hair like me. She had freckles, and she was <laughs> my size. But she never told me that mm. she was my mother. She was your real mother. She was my real mother. We went to take a picture, and even the the professional photographer said, "Wow, you look alike, mother and daughter." I wanted so much her to say to me, "I am your mother." That had to but, be a great feeling, though, yes, even though yes, it would hurt to say, yes, "I've lived seventeen yes, and a half years yes, without yeah. you." And the people you were living with—that was your aunt. That was yes, your mother's sister. Exactly. It was an understanding in. between. In them yeah. and I believe my real mother was paying them to keep me and also to keep quiet. Right. But they um, uh, taught me a great lesson. Um, even though for years I thought I'm not, I'm not a child. I'm a problem to these people, huh. and it was a harmful feeling. So I made a deal with myself that no matter the mistakes that I will made in my life with my kids, I will humble myself. I will go to my kids and say. I'm sorry, I made a mistake. Would you forgive me? Mm. Because it is more important to keep a relationship, to show your kids that you are not perfect, that only God helps you, so you help them too. Yeah, and you felt that pain because you and your your biological mother didn't have that kind of situation. I mean, she sent you off to be with her sister so she could conceal you. Yes. And, And then 17 and a half, you reunite. Just go back for a moment to that emotion that you must have felt and then how did you and your mom connect at that point did you forgive her did you have a sense of abandonment that she had left you in this horrible situation with your aunt and uncle i left romania and i did not know the answer Ah. i came to america and years later when i went back to romania one of the relatives because both of them died one of the relatives had the courage to tell me the truth. And that's how I found the truth. Uh. I'm a Christian, and God asked me to forgive. Because when you don't forgive, you just are tied to that resentment. You're tied to that that uh, anger. And also, you are saying to your Lord, where were you? You you start to accuse God. Where were you? Why did you do that and everything? And God wants you to forgive in order to see the plan that he had for you. Mm. There are so many lessons and 
positive things that God can use out of our pain. And that's mm. the, that's our God. No, and it's so beautiful. And you finished law school and you were living with your mom, I guess, through that mm-hmm. experience. You then get married. You have your own two yes. children. Mm-hmm. Describe that transition. Now you're married yourself and you're having two children, what's that like? It was, first of all, I experienced for the first time how hard it is to wait for the Lord. When I realized that I was pregnant, I wanted to see my child. I had to wait in nine months, okay? So it was a beautiful uh, experience that I am holding my own child and I'm responsive, responsive for the life of, and I'm a Christian and I remember the minute that I noticed I started to pray for for my child when the child was born underneath their crib I put the Christian music um, when my um, oldest daughter was old enough you know to keep a book or something I had to study for bar exam so in order for her to to be quiet I gave her the books and she was able to see me you know doing reading the books I uh, later on I trained my kids to memorize Bible verses and to be trained in in God's words because it was my responsibility to do this I remember um one of my child in Romania at that time, our hero was Nadia Comaneci, and everybody, every the child, Olympic star. Yes, everybody yeah. wants to be Nadia Comaneci, and my girls were doing outside all kind of things like her. And one of my daughter broke uh, her arm, so we we called the the hospital. We didn't know if we need to go or not, but the nurse came inside, and I had Bible verses every. These are the secret police? That's a secret police, exactly. People that will report. And she looked at that like, what in the world is going here? I was aware that the government can take my kids away. But you have always a choice. God said, I am the truth, the way, and the life. You go God's way and to support the consequences, or you go the government way and you go every single day deeper and deeper and mm. farther and farther away from the Lord. So she looks at those Bible verses and I'm trying to share the gospel with her and she thinks, you are crazy, I can report you and so forth, you know. So um, it was a great feeling, but also a great responsibility, oh, yeah. uh, you know, to train my kids in God's word, and I did. Virginia, let's talk about that moment when you actually became a Christian. Uh, someone came to you. Describe that moment. Who came to you? What did he say? I remember um, that day very vividly. As I mentioned before, even before I knew the Lord, I noticed that I was created as a person who looks at half of the cup full. So from a younger age, I wanted to be a lawyer. Every single day I will go to work thinking and saying, today I'm going to find the the truth. I read in the law books. I passed the test. Now I have to actually put in practice. So I practice and practice and practice. And one day I'm coming to my law office so discouraged. And I put my briefcase on my secretary desk and I look at her and said, I don't want to be a lawyer anymore. I can't find the truth. And it was so 
painful to mm. me because from the age I was six, I dream about this and I'm not a quitter. So she looked at me like, where have you been? What are you dreaming about? And she gave me three files and she said, there are three clients that will come and see you and one it's in your office. So I walk into my office in my mind, where is the truth? Why I cannot find the truth? And I noticed the client that was in my office. I had been working with him for a year and I am face to face with joy, confidence, and peace. And I heard myself saying, I wish I had in my life what you have in your life. And he looked back to me and said, do you go to church? And I stared at him thinking, I knew you are crazy. I don't know why I asked you this question. But he was writing something in, on a piece of paper and gave it to me and said, this is an, the address of our church. Would you come to our church next Sunday? So I went to, to his church. He was there. We walk inside. And as I walk inside, I remember the, the church was totally different than Orthodox church that I used to go, you know, at Easter and Christmas. It was totally different. And I heard the uh, choir singing, Sinner, come home. And as I walk inside, I was thinking the government can take my license away. The government can take my kids away. The government can arrest me. But as I hear the song, Sinner come home, I started to encourage myself and say, oh, this is a safe place. These people have a celebration. A man must be behind me. His name must be Sinner. And he's coming home today and they have a celebration. That's what I knew about sin. That's what I knew about God. And as we walk, um, the our, my client told us where to sit and everything. And the pastor came, opened the Bible and read. Jesus Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father except from me. And in that big church and quiet church, imagine somebody saying, what? That was me. Because finally somebody said, Jesus Christ said to me, Virginia, I am the truth. You have been looking in the wrong places. And I got glued to the pastor. And Christ came alive to me. I realized he's the truth. I accepted him that day as my Lord and Savior. And not only that, I accepted the fact that he put on my heart to find the truth that he guided me all my life mm. and he guided me to him. And surely enough, he guided me and explained to me that he had a mission that to defend Christian and human rights cases. And I didn't have to look for clients because they will come to me. And that was so powerful in my life. I learned later on, not in that moment, because when I knew and I learned that that was a mission that God gave me. God taught me how he is the one who will sustain that mission in me. And when you show others your love for Christ, you have no idea how many lives you will reach and touch. Powerful. Let's move now into kind of the, the deeper part of your story where you're 
now a lawyer, you're a human rights lawyer in Romania against a government that recognizes no human rights. Yes. I okay. tell you what to do and you exactly. do it or you go to prison or you go mm-hmm. to psychiatric hospital or you're killed, uh-huh. whatever it might be. Describe that kind of environment, trying to work as an attorney to defend others who are expressing their religious beliefs. I think you had three, four, probably more than that, cases that you won Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. that became very uh, concerning to the government there. Yes. Describe all of that. Uh, First of all, I want to say that I never... I, I wanted to find the truth, but I never thought in my uh, wildest dream I'm going to take dictators to court and so forth. Is that what the Lord had in mind? That was his mission, that what he has done in, in my life. So when I accepted Christ, first of all— How I, old were you when that happened? Uh, I was maybe 26, 27. Okay. Yeah. Um when I was baptized, my name was not on the list uh, because my church was very clever because the government controlled that. So they wanted to baptize me before the government knew. So I was the last one. After that, as I, was, I accepted Christ and baptized, I realized that the Lord wants me to defend Christians. And I didn't have to look for cases. They will come to, to me and they will... Uh, I will um, defend them like uh, young people that will take Bibles from one church to another for vacation Bible school and they will be arrested or churches that will ask for government to allow them to maintain the church or extend and the government will put them on the waiting list until the church will be disrepair in disrepair and the government will come and take the church uh, demolish the church and take the land or doctors that will uh, give a prescription to to their clients but also a bible verse and they will be in uh, danger the government will say i take the your license away what the Lord did, and people can read in the book in details, is God helped me to find out the laws that were in the book from the capitalist era, but the government, the socialist government, never took them away. So the laws were still in place. Yes, but they keep them under lock mm-hmm. for nobody to find them. But as I pray as a young person, and I pray, I said, Lord, help me to find the law, because you cannot sue someone and not say, I'm suing in the base of and of this. You, you sue the dictator on what? So I pray, and I went to the library, and I, I searched, and I searched. The Holy Spirit guided me, and I found the laws on the table because someone forgot to lock them. Oh, my goodness. And I heard the Lord saying, take pictures of those laws. And I did. I I took copies, not pictures, copies. I took them to the copy machine and I took copies. Unknown to me, when I went in the courtroom and I said to the government, you have to release my clients today because we have the law protecting them, the um, Judge looked at me like, you're crazy. What are you talking about? Well, I went to my briefcase and I gave him the copy and I gave the prosecutor the copy. They turned red. They turned red. And they said, we need to look at those laws and we'll take a few hours and we'll make a decision. Well, 
I went home after this and I listened to Voice of America because that was the only radio Voice of America and Free Europe that were able to know what's going on in, in the world. And as I listened to Voice of America, to the news, I realized I became the news. <laughs> Voice of America was saying a young girl under, you know, 28 years old, five feet tall, 82 pounds, is taking government to court and showing them the laws. I was thinking, where in the world this information are coming? Because Voice of America and Free Europe were not allowed. Later on, I found out that as I was in the courtroom facing the judge behind me, the representative from United States from all over the world were there taking notes because they have never seen a young person taking the government to court. And they were sending those notes and information to uh, to their government. And I was happy on one hand because the world knew, but on the other hand, I knew that I have guards outside ready to come in a minute and kill me on the pretext that I'm a spy for America. Yeah. But that's the, the way God uh, helped me. Well, and th- what you say so often is you have to choose. If you're yes. going to walk with God, then yes. you trust in him all the way. Uh-huh. And you don't become deceptive yourself Yes. in yes. order to save your own self. Yeah, you cannot and I, this say... This is a powerful point. Yes, Because I is. think that so many people miss that, especially people who are fearful uh, you know what? You lay it all out there. You go. And yes. you stand firmly for the Lord and, and you, then take the consequences. Exactly. And you know what? In doing this, you exercise your faith muscles. You exercise those every day. What an amazing testimony from Virginia Prodan. And there's more to the story that you'll hear next time on Focus on the Family. She really loves the Lord, doesn't she? She does. It's obvious, yes. And I love her passion and determination. Growing up in some tough circumstances, it shows you how to overcome a difficult environment if you trust the Lord. It doesn't get any more difficult than that. Uh, being in a dictatorship under communism, being threatened with your life, etc. Next time we'll hear about uh, her biggest challenge yet when she faced her would-be assassin. So be sure to listen tomorrow to find out how God worked in that frightening situation. Also, get her book from Focus on the Family. It's called Saving My Assassin. And please support the work of Focus to give families hope this holiday season. We're seeing hundreds of thousands of lives changed through the truth and hope of God's Word. Marriages saved, babies rescued from abortion, and parents equipped to raise children in the Lord. With a gift of any amount, we'll send you a copy of Virginia's great book. Donate today and get that book when you call 800, the letter A in the word family, 800-232-6459, or stop by the website. We're going to link over to that in the show notes. Well, on behalf of Jim Daly and the entire team, thanks for listening to Focus on the Family. I'm John Fuller inviting you back as we once again help you and your family thrive in Christ. Is your marriage holding on by a thread? For deep hurt, you need deep healing that only comes from the Lord. And you'll find it at a Focus on the Family Hope Restored Intensive in Michigan. Our licensed Christian counselors will help you and your spouse get to the root of your issues in just three to five days. And it works. 80% of the couples are still married two years after attending. Learn more at hoperestored.com and talk with a trusted advisor. 
That's hoperestored.com.